0: that God would use just our small, humble attempt by having this cookout for the neighborhood, that we would be able to get to know our community and that the lost would be saved in the city. And so we're very excited. Uh, We also have our community group expo. Uh, And so I thought it would be appropriate to talk about the value of friendship. Um, This kind of came to my mind because when we think about community... Or at least for me, I think about community as family, right? But how many of you know that there's actually another aspect of community called friendship? Family and friendship are two different things. In fact, if you think about it, not all family members are necessarily friends. (laughs) We want them to be, but uh, when I think about family, I think about commitment I think about in the midst of conflict, in the midst of difficulties, various uh, things that we are committed and we're bound together. In the context of the church, that means, you know, we have a common bloodline. That is the blood of Jesus. And Jesus taught that whoever does the will of the Father, that's my mother, father, brother, and sister. Right? And so, uh, family to me speaks about that commitment that we have to one another. Friendship, on the other hand, is about enjoying each other's presence. It's about doing things that you like together. It's about, you know, sharing about the books that you like to read. It's about getting a cup of coffee. And to me, when I thought about uh, community... Both family and friendship are necessary parts of a healthy community. It's not one or the other. You know, if you have uh, family, or if you have friendship, but not family, it's kind of like, I get to choose who I like to hang out with, and if I get offended, I'm just going to go to a different church. It doesn't have that seriousness of commitment. But uh, family without friendship is just kind of gritting your teeth and saying, I love you, but I don't really like you, you know. There's that saying in the church that, you know, the kind of idea that I need to love everybody, but I don't need to like anyone, everybody. But that's just not biblical. That's just not what the Bible teaches. You know, Paul calls us to be kind and tender-hearted to one another. That's just not, I'm going to forgive you, but I don't really like you, So I started thinking about the importance of friendship. So let's go ahead and turn to John 15. It's going to be a quick teaching on friendship, and then we're going to have an opportunity—multiple opportunities today—to build friendship. So uh, John chapter 15 verse 12. I'll be uh, reading out of the ESV for the for the slides. And this is uh, Jesus speaking to his disciples. John chapter 15, verse 12, it says, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone laid down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. Verse 16 You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should abide, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give to you. These things I command you, so that you will love one another. So, Jesus is giving us a commandment. Jesus is showing us that his number one priority is that we learn to love one another. Now, when you look at this, this is not just kind of a man-made love where you force yourself to love someone. But we have an example from God that we are not to love each other just because you know we want to be good people but we love because God showed his love to us when we receive a revelation of how much God loves us that's when we're able to love one another it's not a man-made love it's not a manufactured love that you force you receive a revelation of God's love and that's what enables us to love one another And then Jesus says, let me actually show you what God's love looks like. So in the next verse, he says, greater love has no one than this, that someone laid down his life for his friends. Again, this is not primarily about kind of a man-made love, like, I'm going to go out and just lay down my life for people. You see, this someone is someone in specific. It's not just some random person or just hypothetical, but this verse is talking about the story of one that actually came to earth and died and laid down his life for us. That someone is Jesus Christ whom we worship today, Sunday after Sunday. Now, I say this about every single verse, but this is the most amazing verse ever. This really is a remarkable verse. I don't know what's more remarkable, that God laid down his life for us, or that he calls us his friends. Think about this. Okay, first of all, the Bible calls God the author of life. He's immortal. He's invisible. He existed for billions of years before you and I were born. He created each and every single one of us. He knows every single detail about our lives. That God of the universe, the creator of all things, the Bible teaches that he laid down his life for us. You would think that it would be the other way around. But again, we don't lay down our lives until we understand that he laid down his life for us. But then not only did he lay down his life for us, but it says that someone laid down his life for his friends. I mean, I would understand if God were some sort of superhero or some general in an army, and he sacrifices his life for, you know, his servants or even family. But he calls us friends. That is remarkable. It is something that has become a cliche in the church, and, you know, I remember in youth group, we always used to sing Israel Houghton's Friend of God, right? It's a little bit old now. It sounds a little bit cheesy. If it weren't for the ridiculous bass lines, it would be a little bit cheesy. Uh, but I was thinking about that bridge for that song. I don't know how many of you know it, but God Almighty, Lord of Glory, you have called me friend. Now, you can it sounds a little bit cheesy, but if you think about it, can you imagine that the Lord of glory came to earth in his son Jesus Christ. He became a human being. He was born as a baby in a manger. Humble, weak, lowly. He lived the life that we should have lived. He died the death that we should have died. So that he could call us friends. That is remarkable, friends. You know, I was thinking about, um, uh, many of you may know that my wife and I uh, just had our first child. Uh, He's now uh, five weeks old. And um, this is probably one of those sleep-deprived thoughts. (laughs) But we were holding Joshua, and uh, we were just so tenderized by just how dependent he is on us, and how weak he is, and how cute he is, and how tender he is. And we were just saying, like, how could God become... How could Jesus come as a baby? I mean, maybe God could have just kind of raised Jesus out of the desert, and he just comes marching along with an army. I mean, that's how he's going to come back, right? He's going to come on the clouds. But instead, God, in his infinite humility chose to come to us as a helpless, dependent, infant newborn. He came and he took on the form of human flesh. He became a servant and he was obedient to death. The only way that that makes sense to me, why would God become a human being? It's to display his infinite humility towards us. That's the only way. Otherwise, it's a man-exalting religion. The only way that God could become a man is because he's infinitely humble. And the only way that God could show his infinite humility was become, to become one of us and call us friends. I guess, you know, in thinking about today and even the fall retreat and all these things that we try to do, believe me, we're not trying to create a social club. <laughs> That's not the point. But there is something about friendship that is crucial to God's heart. If God thought it of infinite importance to become friends with man, even when we were still enemies of God, how much more should we befriend each other? How much more should we get to know one another? It says in this chapter that uh, Jesus calls us friends because he has made known the heart of the Father to us. How much more should we be vulnerable with each other? You know, I think this is a word for Boston because if you think about Jesus' friends, it's very inefficient. Jesus had so much work to get done. I mean, if you think you're busy, he had to save the whole world. There was, I mean, crowds of the sick. I mean, he was a busy man, but he chose to spend time with people that were bumbling and just arguing and contradicting Jesus. But God chose friendship as the mechanism for world transformation. We may not understand it from our human minds, we may think it's going to be better if I just work, work, and I just advance my career, and I just advance my degree, but God appointed friendship as the way that we touch and transform this world, not as individuals, not as heroes and soldiers, but as friends, and I think this is, I mean, I understand Boston. We're, we're, we're a busy city. We're an overachieving city. I'm sure even today you're thinking about, you know, the next thing. Listen, I'm not... If any of you know me, I am the most efficiency-loving human ever. There was uh, someone that was prophesying over me, and he was—he uh, didn't really know, you know, my personal story. He said, "You know, I'm getting the image of a clock." <laughs> Does that resonate? I was like, "Yep, <laughs> that's me. We're on a timetable." Even today, <laughs> like, okay, it's you know, eleven o'clock now. <laughs> in a culture that prides efficiency it's i mean how many of you can truly say i have friends in this church i not only just family that are brothers i have people that i share my life with i have people that i walk with i have people that i just enjoy you know just you know we just go and hang out and work out together or run or get some coffee how many of you can say that you know, I'll close with this. Um, and then we're going to have an opportunity again to actually build and cultivate friendships. This is so important. Now, I'm, I'm a total nut. You'll get this from the story. So in college, when I, could, when I got to college, I said, you know, many of you are, are freshmen in college and all that. I said, God is sending me to college uh, to study. So if that's his purpose for me for college... That's all I'm going to do. So I would, like, literally I made a commitment saying, I'm not going to hang out with anybody. I'm not going to do anything outside of just studying because this is the will of God for my life right now. So for the first month of college, I was just studying, studying, studying. It was actually fun. Um, (laughs) But my, um, I I had some friends at the time that um, thank God for them. I was studying in my... They were very weird, too. I mean, freshmen in college are generally very weird, right? I mean, when you grow up, you you realize that was a weird time in my life. (laughs) But I was studying in my room with my window open, and my friends were (laughs) outside. (laughs) And they said, hey, John, you should, you know, come and hang out with us. And I was, you know, just ignoring them. And they kept saying, come on, John, you know, stop studying. So I went down. um, It was in the evening, and I just had, I had a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun to hang out with some people. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I realized, you know, there is something, it's <laughs> like obvious, there is something beautiful about friendship, but uh, those friendships completely changed the trajectory of my life. What I realized at the time is you can do all the work in the world. Just, I'm going to pursue my college degree. I'm going to pursue my career. You might be working towards the wrong goal. But just one word from a friend completely shifts your life in another direction. What if God is sending friends in your life to show you exactly what path you are to take in life? What if you've been chasing this dream and chasing this goal and actually you were going in the complete wrong direction? I would not be here today. I would not have learned about the prayer movement had I not had those friends. And that's something that I so value about this community. That's something that I so value about Daryl and Bethany. You know, we... Talk about revival, you know, we talk about missions. But Daryl and Bethany, even though they're so intense we're at the pulpit and in the prayer room, they operate primarily through friendship. Last thing I'll say is if you look at John 15, because some of you are like, I need more of the word, like, I don't have time for a cookout. Relax, okay? <laughs> The gospel and revival is not about efficiency, okay? (laughs) This is an afterthought. This is not a great closing to this sermon. But if you just study John 15, I'm not making this up. If you study John 15, and we can go into this further, the context of John 15 is how we are to be fruitful. You cannot be fruitful. You cannot do things for God's kingdom apart from abiding in him. How do you abide in him? It says, if you do my commandments, you will abide in me. And then Jesus said, I mean, just, it's an outline. And then Jesus says, here's my commandment, that you love one another. And then he says, how do you love one another? Here's an example. Someone laid down his life for his friends. It's it's, friendship is the vehicle by which we touch this world. Not by being hard-hearted, you know, working hard like Bostonians that just fill up our schedules. And so today, as we, you know, transition into community group expo and all this, I would encourage you to prioritize friendship. And so uh, we're actually going to have a time where, uh, for community group, you can connect to a group so that you can find friends. Um... This sermon wasn't just a pitch for community groups. I would have preached this regardless of what we were doing today. But um, take the practical steps to connect with people. I know it's hard. You're in a new church maybe. Take the practical steps to connect. And so uh, with that, I'm actually going to uh, invite up our community group leaders. Um, And I, I actually wanted to cut down the sermon so that they could have, you know, a little bit of time to actually share. So go ahead and uh, come to the... Oh, you guys are all (laughs) hiding on the side, sure. (laughs) I'll come over to you. So I'm going to kind of call them up one by one so that they can um, share a little bit about their groups. You know, usually we just kind of have them kind of stand in their seats um, so we can clap for them, but I want you to actually see their faces this time around. Uh, By the way, if uh, we can get this slide up about um, how to sign up for a community group... Um, As you're listening, if there's a community group that really kind of, um, you know, piques your interest, then you can actually just go, I mean, even right now, uh, go to hilltopboston.com, you click on community groups, and then uh, it'll show you the list of community groups. And you could just click, uh, enter your email, you know, join the group, enter your email and your name, uh, and it will get you connected to a group, all right? Uh, And so... um, This is kind of awkward, everyone's waiting in the shadows. All right, well first I want to invite up uh, the Sisterhood, so if you can give them a round of applause here, or maybe some snaps. Uh, So this is uh, Pastor Bethany, this is uh, Shay, so if you could just share about what you'd be doing.
1: So as the Sisterhood um, indicates, it's a women's group. So um, the beauty of the women's group is it (laughs) affords for a lot of transparency and openness, and our structure is we actually weekly have somebody share a testimony, and we pray for one another, and we're actually going through the book, The Insanity of God. And so don't let the title fool you. Um, They were missionaries to Somalia, and the question is, is God enough? And it's really just answering the question, they had a crisis of faith. And in the midst of despair and brokenness and hopelessness, is the gospel enough? And so we'll be meeting alternating Friday nights.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, All right. Next, the parables of Jesus, if you guys want to come up your group. Uh, So they will be meeting at the Kalayemi's home in uh, Somerville. And uh, they'll be meeting every Wednesday at 7 p.m. But this is Grace and Kenya and Muiwa and Nifemi. Um, Do any of you want to share...
2: Yes, so as the slide does not indicate, we are the parables of Jesus. Uh, we'll be exploring the different parables throughout the Gospels, primarily in the book of John. Um, and we want to talk more just in depth of the Gospels through the acts of Jesus and his humanity. And so we'll be uh, meeting every week starting next Wednesday, not this Wednesday, in Somerville. So come join. It'll be super fun. I mean, we're coordinating, we're teamwork, friendship. Okay, bye.
0: <laughs> awesome. So their table is actually going to be on that side over there. Um, so you can, again, you can meet and get more details from each of the tables. All right. So uh, next we have the uh, fear versus faith group. This sounds like an awesome topic. So if you guys want to come up. Um, so they'll be meeting at the Eichler's home. Um, Alternating Thursdays at 7 p.m., and there's actually five amazing leaders for this group. I'm super excited. Uh, So what is your uh, group about? So ours is a biblical study on faith versus fear and how those two things are basically the opposites of each other. And so we're going to go through the Bible. We're going to discuss how we can learn how to work through faith and live through faith and destroy fear in our life. Thank you. So their group will be, again, on that side over there. There's a table over there. Uh, So you can uh, meet them shortly. Uh, Next, we have Hilltop International Friends, led by the one and only Michelle Morrison. Give it up.
1: I'm the president, CEO, and founder of Hilltop International Friends. Um, We created this group to just be a resource for international people in Boston. You could be a student, uh, someone who works at Google, a teacher, or whatever. We just want to be a resource for you. Help you adapt to life here in Boston. We do several fun activities a month. We just launched the uh, Buddies program. So, if you're interested in being a buddy or you're an international who wants a buddy, practice your English, figure out how the tea works, what is LL bean, do I need one? We're here for you to answer all these questions. Uh, and then we'll do a big Thanksgiving feast this fall. That's going to be our big event. So, if you want to know more, come see me at the table.
0: Yeah, and I just want to say that, uh, you know, Hilltop International Friends is is uh, really a critical part of the mission of our church uh, to reach uh, the nations of the earth. I mean, that's not going to just be by necessarily street evangelism, although that's good. I mean, it's also going to be about making, building relationships with people from other nations, right? So highly encourage you. We need volunteers for Hilltop International Friends, and uh, it's been Michelle's passion and vision, uh, I mean, for years now, so I would highly recommend that you check that out. Um, So Hilltop International Friends will actually be by that table over there next to Sisterhood, Um, so definitely check that out. Uh, This next group is also really a critical part of our church, so I want to highlight it, but if I can invite up the inner healing, uh, Ian and Cassie. So um, I know Cassie is here. Is she in kids' church maybe? uh, She's translating. Oh, she's translating. Thank you so much. Hopefully I didn't... Go too quickly during my sermon. Uh, So, um, yeah, so they'll be meeting alternating Wednesdays at 7 p.m. at J Hop, but uh, tell us a little bit about what you do. Okay. Um, So, people may not know what inner healing is, but basically, uh, we've all been through a lot in life. We've done things to others, and they've done things to us. So, we carry hurts that distort the way we see ourselves, um, the way we see each other, the way we see God. And so inner healing, well, our group, we basically explore that topic deeper, but also equip each other to receive that healing so we can see things right, and to minister healing to others as well. So it's not just about learning the topic. It's about receiving it to walk a life of inner healing. Yeah, so again, uh, I don't, they'll be over there uh, by Hilltop International Friends and in the Sisterhood um, but again, this is inner healing is a is a topic that us as a leadership team really emphasizes. It for a healthy, uh, whole, spiritually whole community, inner healing is so critical. And so, Ian and Cassie were actually trained by Pastor Marlene, uh, and they've been a part of Deliverance Ministry. And so, they're trained in this highly, I I cannot emphasize enough how important inner healing is uh, to a healthy community, to have healthy souls, uh, and and so really, really recommend that. Um, Next, how about the uh, Foundations of Intercession group? Come on up. So they'll be um, meeting in Lily's home and Alex's home, their siblings, and uh, in Somerville on alternating Wednesdays at 7. So this is Lily and Giovanni and Alyssa and also Deborah Kong will also be a part of that. So, um, yeah.
2: All right. So, as John said, we're meeting starting this Wednesday. We're going to be studying the foundations of intercession, um, starting with our identity as sons and daughters um, and what that looks like being invited in um, to the throne room to partner with God. Um, We'll be looking at um, Jesus' life and intercession Um, and biblical characters, and then obviously contending for each other, um, for our city, our workplace, and all of that. Thank you.
0: Uh, (laughs) I want to go to all of these groups. They all sound like amazing. Um, Also, uh, again, in Alex and Lily's home, uh, they'll be having the healing power of Christ. So if you guys want to come up. I mean, these two topics are so fiery. Foundations of intercession and the healing power of Christ. Your, your apartment is going to just be set on fire. <laughs> uh, but again, they'll be meeting alternating Fridays at their home in, in Somerville. So if you could talk a little bit about your group. Yeah. Um, so John, Karen, Andrew, and I um, will be <clears throat> going through just an um, examination of the scriptures, um, starting from uh, Exodus 12 all the way to James 5, looking at um, Old Covenant um, healing, New Covenant healing. And we'll go through the Psalms. Um, and, you know, I believe that by his stripes we are healed, and through the work of Jesus Christ on the cross, he has healed us um, of our physical pains and our spiritual um, pains for eternal life. So, we're looking forward to it. Thank you. Healing Power of Christ. And if you two could stay up, they'll be, uh, meet, they'll be over there, the Healing Power of Christ group. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, Us three will also be uh, leading a group together. So actually, Andrew and Karen are doing kind of double duty, alternating Wednesdays and Fridays, and they're very valued members of our community. Um, But uh, we'll be doing uh, the covenants of God, and we'll be meeting at J-HOP, alternating Wednesdays at 7. So if you want to talk, this is really uh, Andrew's brainchild here. So if you want to talk about that.
3: Definitely. So it's just uh, going through scripture and looking at the major covenants that God makes with his people and how about truly learning them in death, uh, just shows us what God wants to do in our lives and through us under the new covenant. So it's an awesome time just setting his covenants with us.
0: Amen. Thank you so much. So uh, we'll also be on that side. And um, this is another group that I really want to go to. Uh, Letters to the Churches. Can you explain that mysterious title? And Come on up. So this is Carland uh, and... Uh, Sam and E, uh, and also Vicky, who's in uh, Kids Church right now, will be leading with them. But you want to talk a little bit about this? Yeah, so we'll be going through the first few chapters of Revelation. If you don't know, Paul wrote some letters to the early church. And so we'll be looking at those and seeing how they are pertinent to us today. Um, Spoiler alert, it's the last book in the Bible. But it's probably the first book you should read if you want to learn more about what's going to happen when this world is over. So you should really come out. It's on a Friday. Everyone is welcome. Thank you. (laughs) Letters to the churches. Uh, again, J-Hop, alternating Fridays at uh, 7 p.m. And last, but definitely not the least, I'm really excited about this, uh, More Than a Beard. they got some exciting stuff going on this uh, summer. This yes.
1: Um, so we're changing it up this go. Um, we're going to be doing a lot of activities. Um, uh, my counterpart is not with me, Fabiano. He is celebrating his anniversary uh, with his lovely life wife, not life, <laughs> but wife. Uh, Anna. Um, but me and him will be kind of overseeing, I think, every other Tuesday activities. We're going to be renting out some gymnasium, I think, in the Watertown area. And doing things like basketball, dodgeball, just kind of man stuff where we can sweat together and, and really smell up the joint. So you can get um, more information at my table.
0: All right, so uh, guys, we're excited to launch the CG Expo. Please be sure to connect with uh, leaders that uh, kind of want to find more information about, and they can help you get signed up to a community group. But uh, yeah, so we're going to kind of mill about for about 15 minutes or so, and then uh, once they're kind of, they've made some progress on the grilling out there, we're going to open the doors and uh, celebrate together. So yeah, uh, let's hit the music and uh, go mill about and meet the leaders that uh, you'd like to connect with. All right, guys, we're about to uh, kick off. I mean, you can see the smoke coming out from the grill, so we're about to kick off something for the whole family. Uh, Community group leaders, wave at me if you can hear me. Community group leaders. Community group leaders, wave at me. Community group leaders. Community group leaders. Uh, I would encourage all the community group leaders to actually bring out those signs because I think people are having a hard time seeing which group's which. And uh, for those of you that still haven't signed up for a group, you can do so outside. Uh, Everyone with a lanyard is a community group leader. So just look for the signs. If you're interested in a group, go check it out, connect. Uh, But yeah, we're about to get this started. So let's uh, start heading out.
1: Okay, so as John mentioned, we're about ready in five minutes to transition and get some grub. Uh, we have the grill; it's burning hot. Got hamburgers, chicken wings, hot dogs—the whole nine. In about five minutes, we're going to open these double doors and we're going to just start to fan out of this place. But all throughout the afternoon, you can connect with community group leaders. They'll have um, their iPad or iPhones on them, and um, essentially. You're going to be looking for a person that has a yellow kind of name tag on, like this. So yellow strap, black name tag, and those are community group leaders. Th- those guys will sign you up uh, to the groups of your choice. They'll also have the, um, the uh, small group or the community group that they're going to be leading, the lanyard with them. And so um, we can carry on this kind of conversation, this kind of connecting with one another outside in about four minutes. Also, if this is your first time here, if you're a first-time visitor with us today and guest, um, we'd like to turn your attention to the info center. We have a pretty cool gift for you, and we just want to connect. And so, if you have an interest in connecting to this spiritual family, we just want to direct your attention uh, to the info center. Stop by there. There's some ladies there looking to help out uh, the whole process of connecting to this church. And so, uh, you also get a pretty cool gift. All right, all right. So we're opening up the double doors here to the left. Uh, You can take your time. There's no big rush, but the grill is hot. The food is being cooked. You can make your way out. Stop by the jousting pit. The kids can uh, enjoy the bouncy um, houses. But um, at any time you're ready, the food is ready. You can make your way out. And it's going to kind of be like a buffet. You're going to see a line of tables with food on each side. Grab yourself a plate and grab yourself some food. Again, you can connect. Community group leaders can connect with you outside also. Just one more time, again, the food is ready, it's prepared, and um, all these conversations can happen outside. All you have to do is just connect with one of your community group leaders.